How are you guys feeling? You did it. Some, some of you, you did it again. Some of you did it for the first time. Some did it for the last time. <laughs> but you did it. It's great. It's, it's amazing. So tonight is the last talk, and I, uh, I wanted to, um, I was thinking in terms of um, like something to bring back home, something for uh, daily life, and uh, what came to mind was um, a number of years ago, I've heard, I heard um, Joseph uh, in this seat uh, giving a Dharma talk, I, I, and I don't remember the subject of the Dharma talk, but uh, <laughs> at the very end of it, he just... Uh, he just uh, said, oh, I'll give you these um, seven little uh, advice or sayings um, or aphorism uh, that are part of the seven-point mind training from Atisha. And uh, in this seven-point mind training, there's uh, maybe, I don't know, 57 or 59 sayings. And he gave seven of, uh, of them that he... Uh, he liked very much, and he said also that it was uh, um, part of the, the practice of the Dalai Lama. And so he just gave the seven, he didn't give any teaching around it, he just gave the list, and I, uh, I really liked, uh, I liked the list a lot. I, I kind of had a little um, VR with the list. <laughs> And so me and the list, we left and <laughs> went back to my apartment. <laughs> and um, I wrote the list on a, on a little piece of paper that I put in my wallet and another one that I put next to my uh, nightstand. And every night before going to bed... I was uh, reading my little list. <laughs> After. <laughs> um, so I'll name the seven, and then uh, then you pretty know you pretty uh, much know what's going to happen. I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> Consider all phenomena to be dreams. Be grateful to everyone. Don't be swayed by outer circumstances. Don't brood over the faults of others. Explore the nature of unborn awareness. At all times, 
rely on a joyful mind. Don't expect a standing ovation. So here are the seven. Do you like them? I think there's something uh, happy, even the phrasing, you know, don't brood, uh, rely on a joyful mind, don't be swayed by outer circumstances. Maybe it's because I'm French, but there's something (laughs) nice in the way it's phrased. Um, So the the first one, I, I consider all phenomena to be dreams. There's something uh, kind of magical about it. And uh, what we do here is, is kind of, uh, that's what we're doing here. We're, we're getting to, to, to see that slowly. Because when we sit and we see that uh, things are changing all the time, all the time emotion comes and go, thoughts appear, disappear, uh, we think we're great. We think we're the worst one. Um, the breath comes in, goes out. Uh, everything we look at uh, more and more, the more and more we look at, what we see is not so much the s- specific characteristic of whatever we're looking at, but the universal characteristic, which is the, the fact that it's impermanent. And every time you report something, the teacher says to you, uh, did you note it? What happened to it? Like That's one of the, the basic questions when you see the, the, the saidas in Burma. They ask you, so what happened to it? Because they're, they're in on the joke, I think. <laughs> they know that it's not going to stay the same. Even something that looks really, really solid, like uh, the pain in the knee, and you start to really get interested in it, and you look very closely, suddenly you feel, it's oh, it's a pulsation. It's a heat thing that is moving. It's, uh, it's gone, you know? Especially when you hear the bell. <laughs> you can see that things go. I remember one time I was thinking that uh, there's a big tree that fell here. You know, have you seen these big, big trees? So one night I was with another yogi outside, and there was amazing uh, wind. And suddenly we heard, and me and him turned, and we saw this huge tree, like majestic and, and so powerful. And, you know, if there is something solid, it's this tree. And this thing went like this. You know, it, it was so, and you can imagine, you've, after I don't know how many days of, Let's say five days or six days, like the best day, Thursday. Imagine Thursday, <laughs> you see this tree fall. I, to me, the effect was extremely strong. And then somebody from staff, the next day, started chopping the tree with a, a chainsaw, making little round things with it. And I don't know, it had an effect on me, and I was, um, I was uh, grieving for the tree. So I, I was spending a lot of time holding the tree. <laughs> And I, I remember reporting to my teacher, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, there's something, it's like a symbol for me. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it to that. It was a symbol for me, something strong falling apart, you know. 
And, and I was saying, I'm so sad. I'm sad all the time. I'm sad all the time from wake up. And one day I'm like holding the tree and I'm sad with the tree. And, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then I hear the bell for the lunch. What tree? <laughs> I, and I caught it. Like I, I walked a few, and then I said, oh my God, it's not so permanent. It's, it's, it's very, very there when it's there, but it's also completely gone when it comes to pizza, you know. <laughs> And so, that's an example of impermanence. <laughs> and um, when we see this, that things, things are ephemeral, unreliable, that they, they go all the time, that you cannot count on, 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 on things because they... You know, the chocolate cake at some point, it's too much. The, the joy, the, the pleasantness that you get from a thing, even as an end. If the thing itself doesn't end, if there is forever of this thing, the pleasantness that you get from it also ends. So things end all the time. And uh, this retreat is ending. Actually, the interesting thing is there was never a retreat. It was never a retreat. We totally made it up. We did. There was only now, and it's gone. And now, and it's gone. Something very... Um, very pugnant, I think, when you really look and you see... Things are gone, gone, gone. The good news is they're also always new, 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 new. So we, we have never been here now before. Do you see what I'm, I'm saying? And it's gone. And now it's gone. To me, it points directly to the fragility and the preciousness of life and we miss it all the time but when we come here and we do the work there's a chance that we're going to catch that and we're going to see that things are precious because they can disappear so quickly and I know that many of you know that for having experienced it I had a good friend. I went to have breakfast with her. 
and we were talking and and we've been friends at this point for i don't know five or six years we're very close we eat often together we have a good time so we eat it's the wednesday and the sunday she dies in a plane accident I, I, i'm not saying this because of my story i'm, I'm saying this because she, she was Suddenly, like, the telephone starts ringing at my place, and people are like, did you hear? Did you hear the news? Turn the t- TV on. And again, this thing, like, she exists, and she doesn't exist. It's like that, you know? She was there, she was there, and then she was not there anymore. The Buddha... My God, I have seven sayings. <laughs> there, there. <laughs> that, that's what happened to the Buddha. You, you know this um, story about him going out of the palace where he was? So he was in a palace, just so if you don't know, he was in a palace that was a place that was very protected and he... He, he, was, he had access only to pleasant things, apparently. And he was curious, so he went um, outside of the palace to, to see what... He was curious. He was a young man, a young person. He was curious. And he ran into um, somebody who was uh, sick. And he had never seen anybody sick. This was kept from him. He thought he would leave, live forever. The same thing is happening to you. You don't see it on TV. You don't, it's not part of We don't see it. It's not the images that they give us. They give us images of youth. And, and so he saw somebody sick. It was more dramatic for him, apparently, because he was totally removed from it. But when he saw it, he said to his friend, what's going on? The guy was there vomiting on the the sidewalk. It's an horrible sight if you've never seen that. And his friend said, oh, he's sick. We're all going to be sick. He said, what? What are you saying? Yeah, we're all going to get sick. We are. Then he goes a little further and uh, there's an old person walking all like dried up and shrinked and bent over. Not the joyful back then. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, what's going on? Because he doesn't see it. We don't see it much either. Not in the magazines anyway. And he's like, what is that? Well, that's somebody's hold. We're all going to get old. What? It's terrible. And then a little further, somebody was dead, white, or gray or green, eyes open. You can imagine, he's like, what's going on? You know, he's not moving, he's not, what's going on? It doesn't even seem like there's somebody there. Well, it's a corpse, he's dead. We're all going to die. What are you saying? That's what triggered in him the whole quest started there. Oh, things are not solid. Health is not something solid. 
Youth is not something solid and permanent. And life is not permanent. We must do something then, right now. We must find some answers. Why are we here? What's this human predicament? Why is there so much suffering? Cheerful. <laughs> so consider all phenomena to be a dream. Thing passes. So the, the, the good side of it is this preciousness. So it means when you say goodbye to somebody, you don't know that you're going to see them again. And so it's precious. Uh, Ajahn Shah, one of the teachers of this lineage, uh, has a famous cup story. Uh, he had the cup and uh, he would say, the cup is already broken. He liked the cup, you know, but he was saying it's already broken. So every second I have with the cup is precious because I know it's broken. It's gonna, not going to last. This cup, somebody's going to knock it. You know? The Buddha said later, life, a bubble in a stream, a flash of lightning in a summer cloud, a flickering lamp, a phantom, a dream. One time, Rebecca, you gave a talk and you quoted the Japanese nun, I, I think, and you said, and she was saying in her book, everything is flowing, everything is passing. When you look at a river, the water is passing, but not only the river, everything is flowing. The rocks are flowing, the cities are flowing, everything is flowing, the culture, history, everything is flowing but we don't see it. Houses are passing by, maybe at a very slow pace, but they are. So Buddhism, I've heard somebody say, is wake-upism. So you wake up to the dream, but the, the funny thing is the dream doesn't stop when you wake up. You're just aware that you're in a dream. Be grateful to everyone. That's almost like a koan. It's so strange. Because some people really piss us off, you know. They really get in our way. And I, that's why I like this phrase, because it's, it's so going against the stream of my emotion, thoughts, and justification, and self-righteousness. Be grateful to everyone. And this, um, this gratitude in my life has been uh, one of the most powerful uh, protection. I see it as an armor, but a soft version, like a, a soft shell, if I talk in terms of outdoors. <laughs> you know this jacket? They call it soft shell. Uh, one time I was really uh, very, very, I was not, 
I was in a depression. I was not uh, doing well, and I hadn't been doing well for some time. And and so I was watching Oprah. And somebody came on the show to talk about their, um, their little book of gratitude that they were writing. And they were saying, you just take a little book, you write a little book of gratitude, and then you write three things every day. And then it's, uh, it's like a miracle. Well, I could do the infomercial because it works. It does. I, I, I just took a little book that somebody had given me and I wrote a little book of gratitude and I was like... <laughs> I'm grateful for... I guess I have a bed, you know. <laughs> and it, sta- it started like this and, and uh, I managed, you know, to gather three things together and... And the next day, I may as well do it again, you know. But slowly, something started in me, and it was uh, it was uh, it was it was really going fast. What's this curve in mathematics? It was uh, exponential. Because within I don't know how much time I was like writing in my book like crazy, turning the pages, you know, and, ca- and counting my. <laughs> Counting my blessings, it was amazing. Like, I, like, I, like, I have a bed, I have a roof over my head. Somebody said this, and, and, and it started, like, the whole thing, I really got into it. And, and, and this is the kind of thing we do here. We train the mind, you know. There's, there's ways to train the mind, and, and this was a mind training, and I did it. And then suddenly it's like, uh, it's almost like a, a, a flashlight, like, in any room that I get in, it's like my flashlight is trained to go straight for what sense of gratitude there is, you know. It's not that perfect, but <laughs> but it's there. It's definitely there. And and it means the ma- the mind is trained towards that so it can it, it it can it goes directly towards what is the good thing in a situation or, or I have to go back to my little book. I think I have to start again. <laughs> I've had a few uh, difficult weeks lately, so <laughs> I think I could use my little book. But I, could, I can definitely see that it had a very strong effect in my life, and I think that my depression uh, stopped because of this. So... Be grateful to everyone. And uh, I, I heard that at St. Quentin, a prison in uh, the Bay Area, uh, apparently, that's what I've heard somebody say that, a teacher said that, that uh, there is people on the death row. Uh, how are they called? I wrote it down. Those who have left without leaving, because you know they stay there sometimes for a very, very long time. And so they have a, a practice, a spiritual practice. It's three components, very easy. They see perfection in every situation. They train themselves to have gratitude for every situation and person. 
and and they see a teacher in every situation and person. So they have this tiny little phrase that they say, to this perfect teacher, thank you. So in this little phrase, you have the three. And that's their practice. That's the only thing they, they would be doing. And I think it's it's a powerful thing. The problem with, with these things is we have to do them. <laughs> you know? It's a very important aspect of it. Don't be swayed by outer circumstances. So there is a story that uh, um, I like very much. Uh, it comes from uh, Banteji, Bante Gunaratana. He's going to be here next week, and, and some of you know him. He's a great monk. If you have a, a chance to be with him, he's, uh, he's getting old. He's, he's in the 80s now. He's in Virginia, Virginia, and he comes here often. He's an amazing man. He has a biography and a few books that are very, very good. And he has a story. Don't be swayed by outer circumstances. It's like the pinnacle of uh, example of that. So he's, he's flying to uh, Sri Lanka back to see his mom who's dying. And in the plane above the Pacific Ocean, the uh, wing catch in fire. And, uh, and he said that what I heard, I remember him telling the story. He said people were like beating their breast, and <laughs> you know, and and they were very distraught. You know, everybody was, you know, there was no exit, fire, water, you know, <laughs> and uh, and he said that uh, he was sitting there thinking, "Wow, what a great time to die!" You know, I've like. I've I've done so many good things in my life and and everything is in order and uh, like his heart was uh, re- he was not swayed by outer circumstances. I actually was debating where should I put it, uh, you know, be grateful for everything or re- uh, rely on a joyful mind at every all the time. So so he was in the, and he said that um, they ended up uh, landing in Hawaii. And people were screaming and panicking, and, and he was really enjoying the last ride. And he thought, I may as well be there, you know. And he said that when they landed in Hawaii, there was, um, you know, the plane, they have this kind of slide that came out, like a, uh, made of air, pneumatic. <laughs> and he said that the, he, was, he was so happy because he was kind of going to slide for the first time. <laughs> And he said nobody else was aware that they were going to slide. <laughs> and he felt sorry for them because he, he, uh, it was an exciting thing. And he said when you end up at the end of the slide, there was people like waiting for you with a big smile, with a blanket and coffee and, and all, the, all the, the fire trucks with the lights, you know. And, and he said that he could see that other people could not see it. But that he could uh, he could see and enjoy the slide, and and to me it points to what this practice, the power of this practice. So I think it, it's amazing if you know if I can get to a point like this where I wouldn't be swayed by outer circumstances in the same way that Bhante Gunaratna, and and he's been practicing. That's why it's doing that. So. A beautiful one. Don't brood 
over the fault of others. I like because uh, what I see about what we've been doing here this week is, you know, when you look in and you see how complex it is, all the things that are at, at play inside, you know, pulling in that direction, in this direction, the, the greed, the lust, the hate, the annoyance, the self-hatred, the wanting, the not wanting. We've seen that, no? You sit there, you're supposed to just sit and do nothing. It's supposed to be very simple. And there's all these things going on. And so when we see this inside, I think that's, that. of course, we're going to see it outside also. So when we see somebody who does something that is greedy or strange or harmful or I know for me anyway when I see it inside I see all the shit and all, all the powers at play when I see it in the world in somebody else I have to be forgiving because I know the power of inside and I can imagine that Somebody else who has a little bit less mindfulness, has, hasn't been trained, of course they're going to follow these things. It's so painful when you're angry. Of course you want to get rid of it. And you know you think that lashing on somebody is going to help. Or, or the pain of desire, it's so painful. Of course you're going to do everything to get what you want. Because it's unbearable when you're separate from what you want. I say of course, but it's not the right way to say it because it's not of course, it, it takes works. It's not obvious like this. But that's what we can do though. Next time you encounter somebody who's annoying, maybe next time we encounter somebody who's annoying, maybe we can do that. Go back and say, I've seen it. I've seen it inside, you know, how difficult it is to be a human being. And I, I want to say uh, the, the power of mindfulness in the context of not brooding over the faults of others. I read in the... So I was reading also Byron Katie. As a <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you were with her. I was just reading. <laughs> uh, I... Uh, there's a story that I, I thought it was like a kind of a, a heroic story. And it's so, it's a very simple story. So there's a young couple, maybe they met at the Vipassana retreat. And they're in New York. And uh, they go in the Starbucks. They, she, she gets her me- mega capumucho, <laughs> something. <laughs> And then they go out and they they uh, they hail a cab, and 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 so the cab stops and she gets in, and uh, and he uh, before he gets in he removes his backpack and he throws his backpack in the middle between them and she gets it on her uh, on her uh, this thing. <laughs> you should know what it's called. 
Oh, arm. Okay. <laughs> so she gets it, and the whole coffee spills. And then what comes to mind is, uh, he knew I had the coffee. Maybe there were some other words before, like <laughs> the, blah, blah, blah. He knew I had the coffee. It seems legitimate thought, no? But that's the thought that the anger is in. And so the, this young woman is so mindful that she sees this, this thought. He knew I had a coffee. And then she's quick enough to apply the Byron Katie method, which is, is that true? And then she realized, no, he didn't know. At that time, or at the moment of, of, of uh, it, that was not what was on his, in his mind. He didn't know that there was a coffee. How amazing is that? And then she says, the next thing that comes to mind, he should have remembered. (laughs) Totally legitimate. I think he should have remembered. And then, is that true? She's mindful, she's present, she's watching thoughts. This is totally Buddhist. Watching the thoughts, you know, watching the body, watching the mind, watching the thoughts fits with the teachings. And she said, is that true? And she said, no. He could not remember because when you don't remember, you don't remember. That's why I think she's been on a retreat because you see that, like when the mind goes away, you cannot remember to be present until you do remember. And then it changed the whole story of the drive to where, the airport, I don't know. It changes the whole story because you cannot, the anger cannot, you know, if you're mindful and you see these these thoughts, I think it's, uh, I was reading this, I was like, this, this is like heroic. This, this is a very little thing with a, a taxi, but it's, it's amazing. Explore the nature of unborn awareness. Um, Joseph talked a little bit about it. I think he, uh, the way he talked about it was a, uh, he used the, the mirror image. He said, uh, he was talking about the knowing quality of the mind. This is not something easy to get, but it's totally possible to, to, to contact this. And so, so the, I think that this, this is a fasc- fascinating place in, uh, in meditation to look for this Knowing quality of the mind. And uh, Joseph talked about this in terms of mirror because he said it's like a mirror. You present something ugly to the mirror, the mirror doesn't go like, ah. You know, the mirror, the mirror just reflects back. And you present something very beautiful to the mirror and he reflects it back. So, so and, and we can see this in meditation. We can, there's a knowing quality Either we are, we are aversive, we are calm, whatever is the, situ- the inner landscape, there's a knowing part of it that is untouched. It just knows. And I think this, and it says, explore this. So, and sometimes also it's, it, it's um, the image that is used is space, like space-like. And uh, and you you might hear like something like uh, the space in which uh, experience arises. 
is much more we are than the experience itself because the experience pass it's passing but the space that contains the experience the mind space that contains it isn't it much more we are than the actual experience and uh, Ajahn Sumedho a teacher a monk teacher revered said the mind is like space. There is room in it for everything and nothing. Armies can come into the mind and leave. Butterflies, rain clouds, or nothing. So this space, or this mirror-like quality, something to explore. At all times, rely on a joyful mind. Isn't that an amazing prescription? That's, I find it so beautiful. Not easy to do, but... And um, I think Rebecca and both... Rebecca and Marv talked about this. The Buddha was doing ascetic practices like really... Hardcore stuff, you know, like one grain of rice a day. Uh, and sometimes you can see statues of him in that period, and he's all like uh, thinner than me, you know. Like he's, <laughs> he's really like, it's said that when he was touching his um, belly, he could feel his back bones. And you see it, if you see images, he's all like really, really thin. And uh, at some point, he was just about to die, and he remembered, and uh, Rebecca and Marv talked about this, he remembered when he was a kid that he was one day under a, a rose apple tree, and uh, they were plowing the fields, and it was a very kind of ordinary, some, something that was... There was the wind, there was the smell of the earth being rehearsed, maybe sounds and birds passing by, and something extremely simple. And you just remember, and maybe this is the way out of this mess. Not by, you know, sitting on nails and <laughs> whatever he was doing, you know. Maybe there's a, there's, the middle way appeared to him there, and to me, uh, the joyful mind is there. It's, it doesn't have to be like ecstatic, you know, like uh, just a kind of a, a sort of presence, quality of being here, being present uh, in a way where there's no, it should be different, I should be different, or this person should be different, or, or this, my life should be different, or, but just in a kind of landing here, like, oh, like being with the perfection of this moment. And, and this, to me, there's joy in there. And rely on the joyful mind also points to, you know, the humor that um, Amita talked about yesterday that was so beautiful. And I have, I have a secret little advice. If you are to continue on this path, 
which is an amazingly beautiful path. Be careful. Sometimes the silence, the sitting up straight, the meditation, the studying, somehow we can give it a twist that I don't think is meant to be there, but it can easily come in, something about dryness, something about repression, something about seriousness. The danger is there. It is for me. And so I suggest for your integration next week, I strongly suggest that you you dance, that you play music, that you draw, uh, that you sew a bustle. <laughs> Just to counteract maybe this uh, this this thing that could come from the side unnoticed. Um, Yeah, I'll just say that. It's very important. This is a path for happiness. And so we must not lose sight of that. Don't expect a standing ovation. And I, get, I, I gave it a twist. And the twist is, don't expect a standing ovation. Give yourself one. You've done something amazing. And the recognition might not uh, come in from your parents or your friends. There's only you who know what you've been doing. how hard it is. And to expect uh, this to be acknowledged by others, it might not happen. So so to to really uh, give oneself appreciation and see all the amazing quality that you've been developing, and you might not be aware of it, so I'll... I'll, I'll, um, I'll remind you of a few things that you've been developing. Metta, for one thing, for yourself and for other, a kind of a, a kind voice, an inner voice that is kind. This is going to have amazing ripples. Saying no to inner violence is going to have amazing ripple in the world. Your compassion, your caring. Somebody starts to to cry in the hall, and you you have a caring heart. Or at some point, you you start. How does it happen? You, I see something that I do all the time, 
let's say, um, I'm angry. I'm sitting on the cushion and I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. And, but I stay with it. I come back. I don't go into the story that they're wrong and I'm right and they did that and they said that. I just come back to, and touch again and again the devastation inside, the pain inside of being angry. And at some point, compassion kicks in. And there's this voice that says, my poor love, or I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be right anymore. Developing this voice is, is extremely powerful. The patience that you've been developing all week, the willingness, it's not the patience like, this patience like, I'm going to be here with this, I'm going to be here with this, and forgetting and coming back again. The generosity the gift of protection that we gave to each other. The doors were not locked. Uh, your mouth were not locked. You know, you could have spoke. You could have said things. You didn't. There's the truthfulness of seeing what is inside and naming it and being with it. renunciation, the simplicity. You gave up a lot of things this week. It's a beautiful training uh, to give things and, and uh, maybe start to build on contentment, being satisfied with what is here and being interested and, and uh, giving energy and attention to what is here instead of what we would want. The equanimity this capacity to be with what is pleasant or unpleasant without reacting too much. Is it too much? <laughs> or this spaciousness. The confidence that you've been building because you know there's a few things you can do, you know. Um, courage, willingness, determination, presence, and a lot of wisdom. So I, don't wait for it, but I am applauding you. And I think my, f- my friends here also are applauding you. And I think we're, 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 we're giving each other a standing ovation for having done that. So let's sit in silence for just a few seconds. The mind is like space. There is room in it for everything or nothing. Armies can come in, butterflies, rain clouds, or nothing.
Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.